0: Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast.
1: Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look at movies from different generational perspectives. I'm your host, Peter, an 80s baby, and today I have a special guest. Joining me is Alicia.
2: Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm an 80s or 90s baby. No, I'm a 90s baby. You tripped me <laughs> up there, Peter. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sorry. You well, know, it is early for all of us. Um, but Alicia, you're joining me and you are uh, a writer for Real Red Reviews.
2: Uh, yes, that's uh, my personal blog. It's on WordPress. I basically review movies. I try to do feature articles from time to time and um, during, during busy periods of my life, I'm very bad at posting regularly, but sometimes I do post regularly, and it's great. So if you like to read and write about movies, you should check it out and tell me your site, because I like to read about movies.
1: Now, now your reviews, do they include spoilers?
2: Um, I try not to. Um, if the movie is extremely old, then I usually will spoil it a little bit, but I'll try to put in a little warning. I don't I don't want to be that person.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. Uh what are some of your uh recent reviews that you would like listeners to check out if they have never been on your site?
2: Um I just did a review of The Night Before where I blabbed on and on about how much I loved it because I'm a huge like Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Jonathan Levine fan. So, um that that's that's one where I nerd out a lot. Um I saw Victor Frankenstein recently and that's a review that I did not li- or that's a movie that I did not like. So if you want to hear me be mean, that's how you can hear me be mean.
1: Yeah, the the night before I actually really enjoyed myself.
2: That, that's awesome. My friends are actually getting me the uh, Seth Rogan Jewish or ugly uh, ugly Hanukkah sweater. They're getting me that for Christmas cuz I'm Jewish, but I need a Christmas present, apparently, so, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, that's for listeners that are, you know, familiar with my guest spots. I was on War Machine versus War Horse, where I reviewed that uh, with uh, Michael Dennison. Um, Okay, so you are joining me today to uh, review a hook, and this one you chose, uh, but before we actually get into that, I wanted to take a trip back to uh, 1991 a little bit um, to, you know, just make myself feel even more old. But um, so what I like to do on the show is kind of pull up and see uh, what were some of the hot you know, songs back then and movies at the time. OK, so for music wise, the number one song when this movie came out was Michael Jackson's Black or White. You're a familiar very with good the song? song, okay? Awesome, great. <laughs> so you know it, so uh, yeah. If you didn't know it, I'd feel either really old or offended that you don't know that song.
2: <laughs> no, it's a great song. Everybody should know that song.
1: Okay, uh, the song that preceded it, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with it, but I wonder if it's going to be one of those things that if I heard it, I'd recognize it. But oh, yeah. it looks like uh, it was only number one for a week. So, um, but it's called uh, "Set Adrift on Memory Bliss" by PM Dawn. So I'm not familiar with that one. Me
2: neither.
1: Must be a one-hit wonder, perhaps?
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I've never even heard of the artist.
1: Yeah, neither neither have I. Uh, so the song that uh, supersedes it is All for Love by Color Me Bad. Never heard of them.
3: No. <laughs>
1: their their biggest song, I, I guess I'd say, is uh, I Want to Sex You Up.
2: I haven't
1: heard that one either. No. Okay. Yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> I thought that one maybe you might hear, but yeah, that's that was probably their first uh, single that um, th- that they're kind of known for is "I Want to Sex You Up," but totally cool. "All for Love" is a better song. Uh, that, that's what I'll say about that. Okay. Uh, so this movie, uh, Hook, came out uh, December of ninety one. Some of the other movies that came out around that time was uh, Bugsy. That's Bugsy. the one with, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, Warren Beatty and Annette Benning about um, Bugsy Malone or something like that. Uh, you know, the gangster, um, mm-hmm. the, the last Boy Scout with uh, Bruce Willis and Damon Waynes, I think it was. N- nothing. huh? How about JFK, Oliver Stone movie? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Father of the Bride, Steve Martin.
2: I've heard of that one. I've never actually okay. seen it. All right. It,
1: We're getting somewhere. Uh, and Fried Green Tomatoes. Was... I
2: I think I read the book for that like a few years ago.
1: Well, there we go. That we found something that you're familiar with. <laughs> okay, so that's that's pretty much it from from 91. Um I guess I don't feel too old. You kind of knew some of those things. I mean, most importantly, Michael Jackson, you know, King of oh, Pop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh so this movie is directed by Steven Spielberg and it stars uh Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, Bob Hoskins, Maggie Smith, and I, I think that's basically our, our uh, main characters. Um, why did you choose this movie?
2: Well, it's one of those movies that when I think back to being a kid, I remember this movie and also Robin Williams, of course, was a very beloved actor. And when I think about like nostalgic things from my childhood, I think about Jumanji, Flubber, and Hook, you know, uh, Robin Williams movies, so... I thought it would be good to do a Robin Williams movie. And I actually didn't even realize like how many other um, big actors were in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I've uh, we've uh, reviewed Jumanji. Uh, we actually, I, I want to say we did that around the time of his death and hook was actually one that we also wanted to review. We just never got into it. Ah. Um, but flubber, Flubber, I could take it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I do like the movie that it's um that it's a remake of. You know, The Absent-Minded Professor. I I don't know if you knew that.
2: I did not know that. Learned from yeah. you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to say early 60s is when it came out. And um, I don't know. I think it's because I saw that. And then with Flubber, it's just way too CGI'd. Mm-hmm. You know, they totally... um the The whole flubber itself, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what I wasn't a fan of because they made that more of a character when in the original, it really wasn't, and so you focus more on like the the actors and things like that with mm-hmm. flubber your 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 flubber itself is a character they're characters they're're they're, they're like the original minions, right mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of so I guess it's kind of a bad way to look at it, okay um for me, hook. I actually saw this in the movie theaters, believe it or not. So, when this came out, I want to say I was 8 and, you know, it's a it's a Peter Pan movie. Don't know if you caught this, but my name is Peter. So, um uh, <laughs> I don't know, by proxy of that, I actually am a, a fan of the Peter Pan lore i guess you can say are, a are you a fan it. yeah do you do you like the cartoon and
2: um well i am being forced to grow up right now so i do love that concept of not ever growing up and i remember just loving the alligator from the from the animated version of it like in the TikTok. and <laughs> yeah I, I do love the animated film i didn't see that film Hooks. That Came out um, recently, but oh, pan. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know how that was, but it's it's clearly a very heuristic franchise, or not even franchise, but lore, as you put it. Um, yeah, it, it's got a lot of room for sort of spinoffs and retelling. I think it's the story itself is certainly timeless.
1: Did you um, watch like uh, Finding Neverland or the other Peter Pan movie that came out a few years after that?
2: I did not. I'm. I'm not too familiar with all the different movies.
1: Yeah, that, that's fine. Um I, I I've seen those other two. I haven't seen Pan, but obviously the animated uh Peter Pan movie I'm very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with that as well. Uh I did watch one of the play versions. I forget which one, um but but I don't know if you know but like every uh uh version of the play Peter Pan is always portrayed by a a woman or a female, like a young female.
2: I did know that. I I remember that because my mother, um, when I was, I forget how old I was, I want to say like nine or 10, she took me to see the play and I was so confused because Peter Pan was being played by a girl. I was like, mom, he's supposed to be a boy. Why is that a girl? And then... Like, my mom explained it to me that some parts were meant to be played by the opposite sex, and <laughs> I understood that. I wasn't, I was, it's not that I wasn't open-minded, I was just unaware. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I was confused myself. I, I, I think I found out like later in life, you know, like uh, as a young adult, I'm like, Oh, so that's, that's the way they did it. That's really weird. And not only that, usually the father who plays like Mr. Darling is also the guy who plays Captain Hook in those stage, um, plays.
2: Oh, I had no idea.
1: Yeah. So, and I think they, do that in the movie Peter Pan as well if not that then it was Finding Neverland but one one of those movies kind of took that concept like oh well well he's the dad so he's also going to play Captain Hook
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's very interesting I I wonder what the uh what the the symbolism is that is behind that like if there is any
1: (laughs) I'm sure there is you know um but I'm not the one to speak on it but I'm (laughs) sure there is uh, so, out of curiosity, which of the actors do you recognize in this movie? Because you mentioned it earlier that there are a lot of them.
2: Well, of course, Robin Williams. And then, I forget who it is that plays um, a Peter's wife. I'm not sure if it's Julia Roberts. Is she both the pixie and the wife? or
1: No, uh, different actresses. Um, the the name escapes me. So, if you want to continue, I'll look that up real quick.
2: Okay, yeah, because... Um, I recognize Julia Roberts as the fairy, but I also recognize his wife and they look kind of similar when not side by side. So funny story though, when the uh, Grammy Wendy was talking and stuff, I was thinking, Oh my gosh, she sounds like Maggie Smith. She sounds like Minerva McGonagall. And I love Maggie Smith. I think she is a talented and just very dedicated actress. And so, you know, but but I thought she looked way too old to be Maggie Smith, and then lo and behold, it was Maggie Smith. So the that's some good makeup work there, I guess.
1: Yeah, she was only fifty six <laughs> in the movie.
2: I forget how old she is. She just like I, I picture her as um, Professor McGonagall, right? And like McGonagall, she she may be older, but she just seems so full of energy and like just like she's very um, aware and alert always so so that just makes her kind of seem like perpetually in her 40s or something like like she can't get older than 40s in my mind
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she doesn't age uh well she's she spent a lot of time in Neverland so that explains it um the the actress who plays Moira is a Caroline Goodall
2: okay I don't know her name but I've definitely seen her in other things that I cannot think of off the top of my head
1: yeah. Anyone else you recognize? Uh, how about the actor who plays me?
2: I, I don't think so. I didn't really like recognize any other actors. I kind of was just surprised, like, oh, it's not just Robin Williams, who's the big ticket name. And yeah. also, to be honest, I forgot to look up the director and I did not realize it was Spielberg until about 10 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> st- uh, yeah. Steven Spielberg uh, directed this. Um some the okay, so Bob Hoskins, he's he was uh in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. and he was also uh Mario in the uh Super Mario Brothers movie, you know, the, the video game um movie adaptation, and other ones too that aren't really coming to mind right now, but he also uh passed away a few years ago. Um, oh. Dante uh, Basco, who plays Rufio, I actually reviewed uh, another movie of his um uh over the summer
2: now he looks really familiar um, the one who plays see. rubio dante
1: yeah dante basco I'm, I'm curious to see what you'd recognize him from this is the only movie that most people know him from oh he was in uh the last airbender i forgot about that
2: oh my gosh he was an american dragon jake long
1: <laughs> well i don't know what that is
2: that was a disney channel cartoon show I thought it okay. was really cool because like I was like very young. So I, I like kind of had like a little mini crush on the main character who was Jake Long and he had this dragon like it. And yeah, I, that this guy was, he voiced that show apparently, which is
1: oh, really well, cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I know he had like a uh, one scene in Entourage but, um, you know, I've seen some of his like uh, other movies that were like really that were like straight to home release. Basically, I don't think they had any theatrical releases. So uh, it's kind of how it is for like Asian-American actors. though. you know, they they don't have a lot of huge movies. So mm-hmm. um, it was really nice to see him in this. And I think I'm pretty sure this is the first movie I saw him in because, you know, I was eight. Mm-hmm. So and so after this, I, I would try to seek out like other movies he's done. So and I did do one of them. Um, and the other one I could think of is called, like, Faking the Funk, where he plays, like, an adopted uh, Asian kid who, who was adopted by a black family. Ooh. And uh, the love interest was um, Tatiana Ali, you know, who played Ashley Banks in Fresh Prince. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so in the movie, like, she thought that he was, you know, quote-unquote, faking the funk, you know, like, trying <laughs> to act black. But that's the way he grew up, because he was adopted by a black family. So she didn't find, out that, find uh-huh. that out till later.
2: Oh so who
1: knows? Maybe I'll review that because this sounds like a you know, <laughs> like a Academy <laughs> Award winning movie. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> actually, um, he did a lot of stuff in Disney Channel. It looks like he um, was a guest on the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, which I was kind of a really big fan of that show. Like I really liked it. I thought the idea of living in a hotel was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so. I like
1: Brenda Song myself, but um, yeah, she. Um, she, I, she, she I wasn't Zach. a regular viewer of that movie but only because my son watched it as well <laughs> um, but I, I feel like everybody and their mom was a guest on that show
2: oh uh, yeah that's true <laughs> it it did end up being a very big show and Brenda Song she was very great at playing the, the dumb girl and I don't know if you've seen on the internet but uh, there's a couple of pictures that point out how funny it is that Instead of having the uh Asian girl be smart as is stereotypical, you know the blonde girl's the smart one, and then the Asian girl <laughs> is the dumb one
1: uh, yeah i I've always just kind of wondered why her character was that way, but no that's <laughs> that's an interesting insight on that, I guess, but um she has grown up my has she grown up
2: oh yes yes
1: (laughs) i follow her on instagram maybe (laughs) um (laughs) okay so let's let's get into the movie a little bit and we, we could jump around uh anything you uh have notes on um uh feel free to to uh throw that out but uh so we already kind of talked a little bit about the history of like the Peter Pan lore and mm-hmm. uh, what we um, learn about the plays. So we we get to see this. She's also uh, Peter Pan is also played by a a young woman uh, in the play in this movie. Mm-hmm. So we meet the Bannings, which let's you know let's um, go into the characters a little bit. Robin Williams plays Peter Banning, and uh, he's got uh, two kids, Jack and Maggie. Um, The actor who plays Jack, uh, Charlie Corsmo, I think is how you pronounce his name. I knew him from uh, the movie Dick Tracy. That's the only two movies that I've seen him in. Um, Amber Scott, who plays Maggie, not familiar with her. Uh, You already mentioned Maggie Smith, who plays uh, the Wendy Lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob Hoskins as me. Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook and Julie Roberts as Tinkerbell. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much our main people here. Um, so you got the Bannings at the play, and we learn a few things here, right? We learned that uh, Peter Banning is, um, you know, he's a, a white-collar worker, right?
2: Yeah, he's a lawyer, I believe.
1: Yes, he's a lawyer. Uh, he's answering his phone in the play, like, you know, before people started having cell phones. So he, maybe he started that bad trend.
3: <laughs>
1: and, and uh, you know, we meet his son, we, we, we find out that he's uh, into baseball. And I guess we find out that um, we soon find out that Peter makes a lot of broken promises, mm-hmm. you know, and with the kids.
2: He's obsessed with obsessed with work and he doesn't really know how to balance the fact that he has like a very active work life, but also he needs to be a dad and a good husband. So, you know, he clearly struggles with the balance. That's made very, very evident.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that Steven Spielberg loves to do in his movies is like uh, his thing is like the themes with dads and fathers, you know. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that office duel that peter has with a a colleague of his later on where they're you know when they um duel in the hallway with their cell phones
2: (laughs) that that was weird
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so it wasn't just me
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah some of the scenes in this i thought were very like very like weird and then some of the stuff just jumps out at me like oh oh my
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i completely agree with that um this movie clocks in at like 2.21 or 2.24. Yeah. It's a long movie. It's Especially almost two and a half hours. a kid's
3: movie.
1: Absolutely. For a kid's movie. That's that's the big thing right there. Like there's a lot of things could, that could have been uh, taken out, mm-hmm. including this, um, this office scene. <laughs> the only thing that it did was show that while he's at the office, I, ju- I guess he sent somebody down to Jack's baseball game to videotape for him because he was going to be late, but by the time he gets there, the game's completely Mm -hmm. over with, and everybody has already gone. Mm
2: -hmm. And we already got that he missed the game by the fact that, like, you know, he wasn't there, and we saw the son look like a hurt puppy dog and stuff, Um, and then it it goes and it shows him standing on the empty field, which I thought it was like, okay, yes, we get it. He's he's a terrible father.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right, because I was like, all right, yeah, we... We heard that in, in the play, it just um, I feel like it it took a long time, uh, you know, s- setting this mm-hmm. stuff up. It I appreciated it, but mm-hmm. again, it's it's a, it's a kids movie, mm-hmm. you know.
2: I was curious actually about like how long it would take before we actually get to the part where Neverland is introduced and he finds out that he's Peter Pan, and I believe it was the twenty five minute mark, which. Like, if you think most kids' movies are about an hour and a half, so Mm -hmm. for a regular kids' movie, that would be, like, a third of the way through, so I, I, yeah, I thought a lot of time was spent on that, that could have been better spent elsewhere.
1: Yeah, so let's let's actually uh, jump straight to the abduction of the um of Jack and Maggie. Mm-hmm. You know, after a night of uh celebrating Wendy, uh what, what is it? Did she she opened up an orphanage or did they uh, I can't uh, re- exactly remodel? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they were out um you know c- celebrating uh Wendy, you know, and all the the charity that she's done with orphans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a very nice charitable event, but they come home and they find that uh you know the, the the door had been broken and there's like a, a really big uh scrape you know along mm-hmm. the walls and uh the liza mm-hmm. and toodles you know who are um i don't know what role they play in this uh in Wendy's home <laughs> but they live there yeah <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> they're there <laughs> they're, they're there we find out that toodles is a uh, former lost boy i mean we have a funny scene where he's on his Knees looking for his lost marbles, you know, which um, kind of beats you over the head with that, with that uh, reference. I mean, um, what's 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 the word? The Pon, maybe
2: or metaphor. The symbolism, the metaphor. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Yes, yes. That's why you're here. Um, <laughs> to help me out with these words, but uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't know the the way Robin Williams plays it doesn't act like a concerned father. You know that uh, is is worried about his kids possibly possibly be missing. Uh-huh. You know he opens up the door and's like, "Hello!" <laughs> like, would you who do you expect to answer? Yeah, I, mean... I
2: was I was thinking about you know that person who like you know sees the murder and they're like, "Oh, let me just walk all around the house screaming hello and let them know where my, where I am so that they can easily attack me." Like that's what that reminded me of. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I think that it could have been a little bit better had he had they all played very scared, Mm -hmm. you know, to maybe set that up like, okay, this is something to be really worried about for him to be a little bit more calm and just be like, "Mm," you know.
2: Yeah, his reaction was stronger to finding out that some I think it was some deal didn't go through at work but yeah his reaction was stronger to that than it was to him coming home finding like the door broken and then like you know soon after that discovering that his two children are missing Uh, you know like and also not only that there's like a knife in the door how many kidnappers leave a knife in the door
1: (laughs) yeah and the scene you were talking about is when uh, he was on the phone and his kids were running around in circles around Uh him and he got extremely annoyed and yelled at them, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did like that because you're, you're right. I mean, there was a lot of emotion in there, and I, I wonder if Robin Williams was actually really annoyed by the kids, like they did a good enough job that that was, you know, organic.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm one person who cannot handle kids. Um, I've had v- very many bad experiences with them already, so. Um, I could see having a strong reaction to that. But still, like, they're your children. So, you know, like, you should be used to this by now.
1: Yeah. Um, So one of the problems that I had about this movie is just how much uh Peter does not remember anything. Yeah, Be- because you know, like uh everybody seems to know who Hook is. Wendy, Toodles, Toodles remembers Hook. You know, he even says it's my Hook. And then at this point, like Wendy tries to jog his memory, and I don't know, I don't get it because like Toodles seems so much older than than Peter. So did Toodles? Was he already older than Peter in Neverland, or did he come back to Earth? a lot sooner than Peter and just retained his memory and for whatever reason, Peter didn't?
2: I I don't know. I thought maybe part of the reason for that was because um, Peter has not just grown up in the sense of aging, but also, you know, you see Tootles, he doesn't really have like a wife and children or like a job or anything, but Peter's got this huge career, also a family and children. And that's like the epitome of growing up kind of. Like you think of growing up and it's like, like getting married, having kids and, you know, having a career. So like, he seems to have grown up more than Toodles and the others. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking that that might be like why he couldn't remember because he grew up so much that, you know, he had to push out like, you know, his childhood and like all his adventures and maybe he wanted to, like, maybe it was some kind of repression but on some level, I also do agree with you on that. Like, I think while it would have been okay for him to, like, forget most of it, like, he should have remembered something.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there's the the point where, you know, Wendy shows in the book and all these things, and she's really trying to see how how far back he remembers. And uh, she goes, you know, what do you remember at about, like, you know, 12 or 13 and I forget what he says, but he says he he doesn't remember anything like before the age of twelve.
2: <laughs> like there was nothing. <laughs> yeah,
1: there. This is exactly what he says. There's nothing. Um, so the introduction of Tinkerbell, Bell. Uh, what'd you think about that scene?
2: Um, I I don't know. Like I, um, on one level, like I thought that it was it was an appropriate way to kind of introduce him because in the movie that's or in the original Peter Pan movie you know, I believe it's Tinkerbell that comes to get the children or no, Peter Pan comes and he's accompanied by Tinkerbell. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I need to rewatch that movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We should have
1: done that movie. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Maybe next time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so he, he comes in and then Tinkerbell's like there. So this time it's Tinkerbell's there without him. And I kind of like that, but also there were some very like cheesy bits about it. Like, you know, her saying like, every time you say that you don't believe in fairies, a fairy drops dead and, and stuff like that. Like that so that was a little bit too like uh, campy for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree uh, with that um, because, you know, we keep saying it like this is a kid's movie. Uh, this scene, you know, with, with her dropping down dead, quote unquote, is, is you know, it's, it's something for kids. Mm-hmm. Right. It, uh, at eight years old, I was like, that's funny you know mm-hmm. it but two hours and 20 minutes you know it's it just <laughs> it, it's it's nuts but um, like,
2: decide if you're uh, going to be a kid's movie or, or an adult's movie
1: <laughs> yeah uh so the clapping thing do you know where that came from
2: i know that um for the play um whenever like tinkerbell is dying like the audience has to clap and say like i believe in fairies to bring her back to life right but when she did it it looked so fake. Like she didn't, yeah. like, I don't know if like it was supposed to be her faking it because it looked like she was faking it. Like
1: That's <laughs> exactly the way it comes off to me too. Like she was faking it, but uh, you're right. That's something that they uh, do in the plays and for the cartoon, they didn't have that because there's no audience <laughs> to, to clap, you know, but they incorporated that into hook. So I did read that. And I thought that was a little interesting. Um, So when Peter Pan when Peter Banning arrives to Neverland, it kind of starts off as like a fish out of water story,
3: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm.
1: He he asks uh, a pirate for like a payphone, Like, come on, like, look, dude, look around you. Yeah, like,
2: can you be a little bit more confused?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he gets attacked by some pirates and then Tinkerbell uh, kind of, you know, comes in and, and kicks butt. Now he makes a Mighty Mouse reference. Do you know who that is? Oh no okay i thought i asked but it was a cartoon character from back in the day i don't even remember exactly what decade but he was exactly how it sounds he was a mouse that it was like a super mouse like a you know kind of a superhero oh
2: cool i'm actually googling it right now
1: yeah so um okay so he so smee introduces hook and i kind of like this because um he says, welcome to Neverland, the same way like Robin Williams says, uh, oh, no, no. He says, good morning, Neverland, the same way. Good
2: morning, Vietnam. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. So I, I thought that was a, a nice touch. And there's a there's a couple of that, too. Later on, uh, I'll bring it up later. But they, uh, so Peter is there, and he sees that uh, Hook did indeed capture Jack and Maggie. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're inside this net. Everybody's on the, Hook's ship. But so hook uh so hook went to London to go kidnap kidnap the kids right that's mm-hmm. obvious, right so when he actually discovers Peter Pan in disguise, he's surprised that Peter is old mm-hmm. is i mean like what were you expecting like a thirteen year old peter with a <laughs> you know, a ten and twelve year old kid i mean uh what, do you have any oh
2: gosh that that would be like an a for whole that? new show <laughs> for mtv <laughs>
1: yeah 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 i would or game of thrones i don't know <gasps> <laughs> um but it for me i thought it was really sad because hook says i'll let them go We obviously he doesn't believe that this old man is is peter mm-hmm. so he's like well prove it fly up there you know <laughs> well coincidentally ironically this peter is scared of heights mm-hmm. okay so so he's climbing up this pole you know and and it was just i thought it was a very sad scene that all he had mm-hmm. to do was touch his hands uh, the, his kids hands and they would be set free mm-hmm. but he being so scared of heights you know his kids are saying like look we just want to go home mm-hmm. um and he just he just couldn't do it he just couldn't make that mm-hmm. climb out there uh, to touch their hand so I, I thought that was kind of a sad moment there
2: yeah especially the the paint expression on his face like I thought that was like really well done um and also it kind of reminded me of the fact that like in in his former life well not former life but his life that's not Neverland with the wife and kids all they expected him to do were simple tasks like show up and support his kids at things so that's simple. Right. But, you know, he had a hard time doing that. And then to save his kids, he has to do another simple task that he can't even really do. Um, so I, I read into like symbolism a lot because I'm I'm very much like a book nerd and like a symbolism nerd. So I could like just be pulling that out of thin air. But that that's kind of what it felt like to me. And that just made it very moving for me.
1: Yeah, so I am I'm glad that hit both of us there. So th- that works. Uh-huh. Leave that in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything leading up to there, it could, it could be trimmed down a little bit. There's a lot of fat here that can be kind of cut uh-huh. out. Um so let's go to the Lost Boys. We we jumped there. Now, <laughs> I thought this was a little weird because between the ship and him getting to the the Lost Boys, um what what is their their home or their area their... man cave boy
2: cave that too
1: that all works there's some of those there for sure but in between there there's the scene where like peter's underwater and is safe like the the mermaids and things like that
2: (laughs) no i was just thinking the mermaid thing was so weird
1: (laughs) i think they were just giving him oxygen which which you're right like you know okay let's let's throw in mermaids because there were some in the in the cartoon yeah
2: like like okay we we get it it's a different place but the the editing there like the shift to the next scene just felt so like you know out of nowhere it was, i i didn't like that scene change
1: yeah no you're right because we saw we saw Tinkerbell on the ship and then the the next time we see her again he runs into her at the lost boys hideout mm-hmm. i guess I don't, I don't even think it's a hideout <laughs> but um i well, i guess I don't know. When I think of hideout, I think of like a secret place, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be secret because hook has been there before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we find that out later, but uh, it it appeared that Tinkerbell had been sleeping in her home when, when Peter gets there. Um, So I'm just like, well, well, what happened in between? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. The editing just seemed really off there. Um, But you know, we meet the lost boys and Rufio who has (laughs) taken the place of the pan So I didn't know the pan was a thing. So we we learned a few things with the Lost Boys or maybe this movie in general, but they have their own like slang. Mm
2: -hmm. Right.
1: One of my favorite ones is bangerang, which I I think like a lot of us love.
2: (laughs) I don't know. For me, that kind of just I I didn't really like the bangerang
1: thing. (laughs) No? No.
2: (laughs) Like, I don't know. I feel like I liked it when I was younger, but now I I kind of just like it it, it seems very weird.
1: It's almost like um it's almost like the word smurf where you can substitute that for like anything. <laughs> you know, that's, it's kind of what it was. But uh I looked it up and the word bangerang is actually like a, a Jamaican slang and is defined as like a, a hubbub, uproar, disorder or disturbance.
2: <laughs> and where did you get that definition from? I'm just curious.
1: Uh IMDb. <laughs> IMDb. Okay. Got
2: yeah, so IMDb. I didn't, <laughs> Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh and maybe I should have just looked that up on like you know, just google that word itself you know um but i'm sure somebody grabbed that from somewhere uh so very reliable source that imdb <laughs> um but yeah i i think it's really interesting that they do substitute bangerang for like a lot of other words mm-hmm. and how how it's used but uh so we meet rufio who obviously no nobody believes this guy is pan right mm-hmm. peter pan so uh there's this scene where like rufio he uh takes a sword and draws a line you know step on this side if you, you don't think he's been. and Peter's the first one to join Rufio on that side
2: <laughs> I, I thought what did you think about the character Rufio I'm just curious
1: um well let's see he is one of the first um I don't want to say like uh idols but he was one of those first like hey there's an Asian guy on screen <laughs> you know so growing up it was like either Ernie Reyes Jr. who was in like the Ninja Turtle movies and and um jackie you know chan. surf ninjas uh jackie chan who's older so i didn't like oh, really gravitate gotcha. towards him but I, I watched a lot of jackie chan movies but when i was a kid like i can look up to this guy because he's just a few years older than me and he's totally cool but as far as character goes i don't know he didn't really um come off as as really a leader yeah that's... Y- you know it, it was just it was just uh, the one who speaks for the Lost Boys. I didn't. I didn't see anything that quite told me that this guy has been leading things. I know that they dropped lines about killing pirates, and they wanted to kill this lawyer and you know, start chasing him and things like that. Mm-hmm. But.
2: I did like the fact that, like all the stabs they made at lawyers, like throughout the movie, I thought that was funny because you know lawyers are super fun to hate on.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely, and I, th- there's that drop line. Robin Williams says, I- "I'm not that kind of lawyer," so I'm <laughs> like, "Well, what kind of lawyer are you then?" Because, uh, you know, most lawyers, some, um, you know, like it has a negative connotation mm-hmm. just a lawyer that tag alone.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, I like when um, Hook tells him to draw his weapon, and he takes out his checkbook
1: oh <laughs> right yeah how much do you want yeah and uh and that was a funny scene too where hook shoots through the checkbook and like kills one of his one of his pirates but yeah th- th- that's happened a few times where like just some of random pirates just die you know, for no reason um we get a short scene with us me and captain hook where hook tries to attempt suicide oh and my god <laughs> yeah i didn't I, I i think that um this wasn't the first time that he's tried this um but i thought the play of it was kind of funny you know where he's like smee don't stop me don't you dare stop me smee He's like smee stop me get off your ass and stop me yeah yeah <laughs> right so i thought that was funny uh just that interaction alone was funny and then the uh the epiphany scene is is what i wrote down but i forgot what um what uh... oh, is that an apostrophe i think you mean an epiphany lightning has just struck my brain well that must
2: hurt man's kids you could make them like you no oh, say what no 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 yeah. You make the
3: little buggers love you.
1: You know, just just their interaction yeah. t- together. I thought that was, uh, you know, one of my favorite it scenes. But cute. yeah, and so the only thing that that we get out of this is As me comes up with the idea to make Pan's kids love him. Uh-huh. You know, to turn him against the father. Uh-huh. Um, Before we talk about montage. that, I
2: actually want to um, say something about the suicide act. Like, I feel like. Retrospectively, watching that kind of made me, like, feel bad because, like, they're sort of making a joke about suicide and making it seem like people who, like, commit suicide are doing it for attention. And then just considering the fact that Robin Williams is in this film, that kind of made made me, like, sad. Like, I thought it was funny, but it's one of those things where you, like, laugh and then you're kind of like, oh
1: uh but <laughs> yeah oh man yeah, yeah. You, you're you're absolutely right yeah um,
2: like i i just wanted to bring that up and
1: yeah no that's that's a very good point that you that you make there um but uh i also saw on the imdb uh trivia that um uh, apparently after the death of robin williams um uh, Spielberg, who you know wasn't a huge fan of this movie for a lot of reasons, to include uh, Tinker Hell, I guess, as they called her, because Julia Roberts was extremely uh, difficult to work with. Um, I think like she ran off like during filming because like um, like she was supposed to marry Kiefer Sutherland or something, and that got called okay. off, so she like kind of disappeared. I I don't know. I didn't like uh, try to corroborate, corroborate the story, but I saw that in the trivia. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, Spielberg went back and tried to watch this, and he couldn't finish it just because of like Robin Williams, you know, like him working on this movie with them. It just it was very difficult for him.
2: He just seems like such a, such a bright guy, you know. Um, like he's clearly one of those people who has just such a kind heart. And there's mm-hmm. this quotation that he made that you, you may or may not have seen on the internet at some point. That it's really like been brought out because of you know his passing um where it's something along the lines of I think the saddest people are those who try to make others happy because you know they know what it's like to be sad and they don't want that for anybody else and I just thought that was such that that really like moved me because like I mean I'm I'm not a sad person like I'm a very happy person but I I do love like making other people smile like um that's like the one thing I like about my job in the service industry. I get to like make people happy sometimes. Um, so, you know, that kind of like hit me, like the fact that like that's probably what he was doing. Uh, you know, he was just he was trying to be in all these movies and he was trying to be a, or he didn't really try. He was, you know, he was in all these movies and he really just wanted to make people happy and make them smile. Um, I didn't mean to get off on a Robin Williams um, passing tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> no,
1: not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's 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 part of the review of this movie. You know, it's a very great uh, insight and input. You know that you're bringing. Uh, I think I've seen that quote that you're talking about, and I, I want to say that they put it over like you know a profile of his mm-hmm. face. You know, and yeah, it was going all around. Yeah, it's it's a very a very moving quote of his. Um, what do you think about the uh, training montage? You know, with uh, with the Lost <laughs> Boys and trying to get them back into shape and all that.
2: Well, I recently oh. saw Creed, so yes. <laughs> just like like that. So Creed had a montage that I would say is a training montage, and then you see this montage in Hook,
1: and they're <laughs> like, they're the same. Uh, <laughs> no.
2: Totally, yeah. You know, just, you can totally see where uh, Creed got the influence from Hook. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was a remake of Hook, not Rocky. Oh,
2: Yes, uh, <laughs> um, but but yeah, like I just thought that it was it was very like funny. Like I couldn't take it seriously. Like you know they're they're painting his face. They're they're um what is it cat ca- The slingshot. Yeah, they're slingshotting him into water, and yeah,
1: it's like it's like colored mud uh-huh. or something. Yeah, it was pretty thick. Uh, yeah, we probably could. Well, I don't know. I feel like we we do need a montage, but maybe what they showed us just wasn't the right uh-huh, stuff. A, you know, it was just more poking fun. I
2: mean, he says it himself. Like, how is this gonna help me save my kids? And that's kind of what I think the audience was thinking too.
1: <laughs> no, you're you're right. But if you think about it, who's tra- who's training him? A bunch of kids.
2: Yeah. So in a way, it's you know, perfect. they're
1: like. <laughs> So how are we going to get him to fly? Let's shoot him into the sky. Like clearly that makes sense. But you know what? Maybe they should have used like a cannon Mm -hmm. or something. You know. I wonder from a from a pirate ship.
2: (laughs) I wonder if like when they were like putting that scene together, the training montage, they asked the kids like, "How would you prepare this man for battle?" And then like like that would be great if they did something like that. Like if they did something like that, I would really appreciate that montage. Like just because you know it was actually um conceived by kids but like
1: yeah that that would make a lot of sense <laughs> but uh, apparently uh spielberg also had trouble working with those kids oh I'm and sure. <laughs> you know like obviously anyone familiar with the uh the the 60s animated movie is it the 60s but um you know i think there was only like six lost boys and in this movie it's like triple that yeah <laughs> you know and to me i just chalk it up to tinkerbell finding like all these orphans and bringing them you know to neverland mm-hmm. over the years that peter has been gone So that's kind of what i chalked it up to but i i feel like when i was a, a little kid i just kind of wondered like well why is there just so many lost boys now you know but it, i think that would uh-huh. kind of make sense do you have any thoughts on that like um, where they all came from that
2: actually did not really occur to me but i i do like your point and i i guess so maybe um it could have been a combined effort of Tinkerbell and Wendy since Wendy is like known for mm. um, bringing orphans to homes. Um, but I guess, I guess the lost boy idea has kind of since Peter left uh, become just more like not an orphanage, but like a, a home for people who have nowhere to go. So that that's kind of powerful there.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh you, this this one is one of my favorite scenes, but the dinner with the Lost Boys.
2: You like that one?
1: <laughs> I I do like that because, you know, they're they're setting up for this feast. Which first off, like, wh- where's all the steam coming yeah, from? Yeah. You know, and and why does s why does it look like people are actually smelling things? Because like Peter's sitting down, and like, oh yeah, I'm about to have this meal. And like they open up like all the pots, like remove all the lids, and there's like nothing. Uh-huh. And like, where's the steam even coming <laughs> from? Like, wh- what did you guys even cook? You know, uh-huh. like it's it's misleading. But but like Peter's looking around, like, what the hell are all these kids doing? There's nothing here to eat, you know. So it's it's a game that they play, right? That's that's something that we we learned that there's a lot of games that they play. Uh-huh. But so do they not really eat? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, mean, I,
2: I I was wondering about that, like. Are they all like are they all just a figment of imagination? If they can eat imaginary food, then are they also imaginary? <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah.
1: So do they not need food to yeah. live, I guess? I I'm I'm not exactly sure. Uh but I feel the pirates probably eat and stuff, but but um in this scene like I guess the reason I do like it is because it's a uh, it's more Rufio, right? That that's the one thing I feel that we were kind of missing was the I just um I needed a little bit more tension uh between Rufio and, and Peter. Like I felt that was a little lacking. Like if it was there, it was definitely not strong, you know, between the two. And we do get a little bit of that here you know, where they square off a little bit and they take turns calling each other different things, which I would love to find out if this was improvised or not, yeah. because...
2: You are a fart factory. slug slime, sack of rat guts and cat vomit. Mm. Cheesy scab-picked pimple-squeezing finger bandage. A week-old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side.
0: Oh! Substitute chemistry teacher? Come on, review, hit a mat tongue. Math tutor? Pinhead. Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake! In your rear, cow derriere. Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig! You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food dude. Maggerade Peter! Peter! Peter!
3: You man! Oh, stupid, stupid man!
0: Rufio, if I'm a burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming paramecium brain munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. Benny,
3: Benny,
0: Benny, 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 Benny.
1: So, the scene like you could have done without just because it was a game, you know, just fake food
2: um i I don't know, like i it's not that I could have done without it, but I did think that it was a little bit like well, like it could have been shorter, and I, yeah. I it just didn't really strike me as important, like I okay. know that um Spielberg probably wanted to really establish the spirit of Neverland and the lost boys, but. I felt like that was kind of already established, and I actually would have been fine, like just like if the food were real, that would have set my yeah. mind at ease.
1: <laughs> I I get that, and I I know why they made the scene because it ends with him finally like playing with them, mm-hmm. and but but this is weird. So I, I I get that. So so now he's really starting to enter, uh, engage with these boys, and then the food finally appears out of nowhere. So it, so are they eating real food now or? I don't know.
2: we'll never know (laughs) they
1: they they appear to be eating real food all of a sudden so so as far as like the execution it's weird yeah but i get i get why they were doing Uh it so so i kind of get that uh the 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 scene ends with the rufio i guess kind of being a little butthurt because they're all (laughs) chanting for pan and, and I think this was a little, I felt bad yeah. for for the actor and the character of Rufio in this very scene where, you know, he's looking around like, wow, they're they're really siding with him. So he, he tries to start his own chant, Rufio, yeah, Rufio, that, and I was just like,
2: that, that, that a little was cringeworthy for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as, as anybody would, he throws a, uh, he chucks a coconut over at Peter. That's
2: exactly what I do when I lose an argument. Exactly. Yeah
1: that i would do that i would throw two coconuts Ooh. um in some cases <laughs> but yeah he slices it and i guess we, we are seeing that he's getting there just mm-hmm. some point i guess yeah, it's like
2: okay that's how it relates to him getting his kids back
1: <laughs> yeah the whole time be right.
2: like well how is like you know you think of saving children as a very adult type of thing you know when when you're in trouble when when like you know, if you get into a car crash or something, you don't call kids, you call the police who are grown ups. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, like it's kind of like, okay, why are we teaching him to be a kid if he needs to save his children? Like I that it feels like what they need is an adult. Um mm-hmm. so I just thought it was very interesting that instead of, you know, giving him actual like skills, like they're trying to get him to regress to a child and like I mean but we do end up seeing how it connects like apparently regressing allows him to handle a sword.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah you're you're right. And you know maybe it's a little muscle memory, you know that that started to kick in a little yeah. bit too. I I guess uh, they probably threw a lot of coconuts at him back in the day. Um mm-hmm. So we get the uh the, the baseball game, you know, where uh Jack is now a member of the, you know the Pirates. He's wearing like a uh, hooks, you know, just smaller versions of his clothes i I guess that's cute but uh some of the lost boys they stack up on each other kind of of like in uh little rascals Uh right so they they show up at the game uh as as grown-ups but uh so so i guess the idea of this scene was to steal the hook and that would allow him to crow (laughs) nothing huh Uh, yeah can we just
2: like talk about that the fact that like the way hook's plan goes like it goes from saying I'm going to kill the children and Pan if, or I'm going to lure Pan with the children and I'm going to kill them all. And then it turns into, well, no, I'm going to make the children love me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought
2: that was a bit ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you like, yeah, why the change? Like if you wanted to kill Pan, this is the perfect way to do it because he he's he's vulnerable right now. You got his kids. Mm-hmm. He can't fight back because he doesn't know how why Mm -hmm. why he wait to i i I guess i mean he had that scene with tinkerbell where where they're like well is is that that how you want your legacy to end you know to i I forget the wording you know but basically Mm -hmm. what i got from that is that she kind of shames him like oh so you want to kind of like i guess not really a coward but like you you got pan here don't you want to go out you know uh, uh um beating him you know at at his strongest point not at his weakest you know because then you'd just be like a bully which mm-hmm. you're a pirate like you shouldn't care like just shoot the mm-hmm. man like you do with your your yeah. pirates
2: pirates oh. pirates are literally bullies they're bullies who, yeah. who take who pirate people's ships and you know they're they're not good people yeah. um but like and then, of course, I was thinking, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Like, so basically, he wants to try to induce Stockholm. And that takes a really long time. And they have that little scene where the children are sitting at the desks, like, in class. and right. like, now, um Like, who knows why your parents don't love you and stuff. And it just, it looks so ridiculous. Like, seeing this guy who's supposed to be a big, bad, evil pirate. You know, he was dropping scorpions into... Yes. A chest with a man inside of it earlier and now he's he's trying to make children love him that's the sweetest thing i've ever heard
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know, apparently that man that was in the chest was glenn close you know the actress who played like uh, Crue- Crue- uh cruella de vil in 101 really? that's what i read and I, I didn't know that i always thought it was just a man too so uh, little yeah. cameos here and there uh remember when peter first is taken to neverland by oh. tinkerbell and as they're flying towards like Big Ben, the clock, uh, there's like a couple for whatever reason just starts floating into the air because <laughs> Tinkerbell had been flying above them. Well, apparently that's uh, George Lucas and Carrie Fisher.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's cute.
1: Is it? <laughs> I'm like,
2: like, I, I don't know. I, I think I, 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 mean, like, I like cameos.
1: No, I sure. I, I thought it was interesting. But like before I even found out it was them, I was like, why is this couple just? for no reason floating in the air, you know? And, and they're just, they're just, they're not like, oh no, we're floating, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, sure. I I can see why <laughs> Spielberg wasn't a huge fan of this movie himself. Um, what okay. did you
2: think about Hook's plan? I'm just curious.
1: Well, it's, it's really, well, the initial plan. Of uh,
2: both. <laughs> both,
1: because the second one is really smeeze, you know, his, That's ap- true. his apostrophe. Um, <laughs> I guess is what he called it. But uh, I I like I like the former. You know, I like Hook's original plan. Like you wanna, the weird thing is that like you kidnap the kids and and you're surprised that he's actually an adult now. Maybe he just was more surprised what kind of adult he is. Not like just a grown up pan. It's <laughs> Peter banning the lawyer. You know. Uh, but I kind of do like that. You know, you you abduct the kids to bring them in. To your turf, right, Uh where where you have the advantage, you know, you're um, you're you're the home team, right? So you should have the advantage. But then you let the man go to train (laughs) to be a better (laughs) competitor.
2: It's like wait, wait, wait. Like, are you a bad guy, or are you just like, is this just going to be like the Karate Kid, where it's just like opposing dojos or something? Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, right. Cobra Kai, right, and a Miyagi dojo. yeah, and Smee's Smee's planned to turn the kids against him. I, I think that's where it slowed down the movie because uh. cause we didn't need that. <laughs> we didn't need it.
2: Honestly, um, what's going to hurt him the most is if he, you make him watch you kill his kids or something like.
1: Right, right, and I mean, it would obviously be a different kind of movie. So, uh, <laughs> like, figure out true. who's who. What's the audience here, right? Like, do you want it for? Uh-huh the grown-ups a little bit you know do you want it to be gritty or do you want it to be a family more oriented movie Uh if if it's the latter go with Smee's plan that should have been the original plan let's kidnap the kids and then let's figure out what to do okay hey let's turn the kids against him
2: yeah like you know be a bet like you could play off that weakness about the fact that um you know uh he wasn't always or peter wasn't always there for his kids in when they weren't in Neverland, so you know he he does play off that pa- uh, that fact, I think. Yeah. But like, yeah, uh, pick a plan. Decide if you're gonna be a big bad, scary villain, or if you're gonna be like a campy villain that's not really that bad. you should have understood. Because.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly right. Like he he shouldn't have had that first plan in uh, in play. Like the the first thing he should have done was just kidnap the kids, and then we figure out what to do with them. Hmm. You know, because uh, I, I I enjoyed the the entire setup of the abduction. I mean, you said you know the the knife with with the note. You know mm-hmm. that's that's very creepy. Uh, I I even liked the the whole nursery. You know the mm-hmm. where the 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 the, the door knobs had like a hook. You know that latches yeah. as a lock. I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah, that was really awesome.
1: Um, in Toodle's room, I got this online, obviously, but in Toodle's room, the Jolly Roger, which is hook ship, was in you know one of those uh, bottles. Uh, ships in a bottles i thought that was cool um and wendy's youngest brother from the cartoon michael which that would have been nice to see too if like why toodles why couldn't it have been michael you know baby (laughs) baby michael who's now grown up but uh, we see his teddy bear you know somewhere in the house as well
2: oh that's super cute
1: yeah i did notice that because i thought it was the same bear well apparently it is the same bear that uh, peter finds in the treehouse later on you know where he picks it up and he says michael but there's also a teddy bear that was at uh at, at uh, Wendy's house in mm-hmm. London too, so there's two bears so I don't know maybe maybe he lost the one in Neverland and then got another one when they got back
2: yeah, I don't know. did you notice the dog
1: yeah it's is it the same dog <laughs> well,
2: I, I mean he looks i mean i am it's,
1: it's exactly he did the dog. Look
2: exactly like the the dog from the cartoon so I can right the read. sheep dog mm-hmm is it a sheepdog? I, I don't um, know my breeds.
1: Sheep,
2: I, I mean, neither. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I go from big dog, tiny dog,
1: and sometimes medium dog
2: giant. And, um, but yeah, I just think it was cool that like, that's another touch. They added the dog, um, along with the teddy bear and the hook doorknobs. I did appreciate the, uh, integration of neverland into the house and yeah. also yeah there was like a lot of foreshadowing especially with peter being afraid of flying and stuff
1: yeah it, that was just a, a really interesting and yeah i i kind of get that i mean uh fine he had to forget that right it, it's not something he's like yeah i could kind of fly i mean like wait how, how do you fly <laughs> because <laughs> this is supposed to be like real world um let's see so i, I guess i guess we can okay so out uh, one hour and forty-one minutes, he realizes he was indeed Peter Pan.
2: <laughs> this is
1: usually when movies should be ending. <laughs> yeah,
2: like fi- like finally, like you should you should be like with your kids all happy-go-lucky now. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Now, um, just right before, well, I, I guess during this entire scene, we, we're getting the flashback of uh, uh, apparently he remembers when he was a baby inside a crib and his mom. <laughs> You know, in all that, whatever I I can do without the entire flashback scene. But did you um, did you see a cameo, a very brief cameo of one of the young versions of Wendy? You know, where it should like it showed Wendy like uh, three different phases in her life, like uh, aging. And she'd be like, Peter, you know, as he comes to uh, the window. But one of the um, versions of Wendy was Gwyneth Paltrow.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I have to look that up now. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: yeah, you'll have to go back um, uh, again when he realizes he's pan again. It was at 1 hour 41 minutes. So go back like to one thirty-five, and I don't know if you want to watch the entire flashback. But, yeah, it is uh, (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, So I guess we could just jump to like uh, towards the end here where the Lost Boys uh, attack Hook's ship, Mm -hmm. uh, rescues Jack and Maggie. Um, There's fighting. I guess there's not a whole lot to talk about. But... We get one death of an actual character and that's yeah. Rufio. Did that, that have any kind of effect on you?
2: Well, it kind of like confused me more because we're we're again we're bouncing between like it being an adult film versus it being a kid film. Um because you know, death like that's something like they often hint at in kid films. Like they'll say, like, you know, if you do this, you'll be sorry, but they don't explicitly say, I'm going to kill you. Um and you know like hook goes from being like you know i'm gonna kill the kids to i'm gonna make the kids love me to let's kill rufio like let's just everybody's fair game to kill so it's like i don't know like i thought that was sad that they decided to kill the character and from the fact that it was leaning toward being a Movie that very small children could like, like I, I'm sure that death hits them very hard. I don't remember if it hit me very hard when I was a kid, but I, I can imagine it did. Like I kill every time in the fifth or I don't kill. Um, I <laughs> I cry every time in, I see Harry Potter five and Sirius Black dies. Like, yeah, that that always gets me. So I, I probably did cry when Rufio died in this film.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't remember if I did as a kid, but now just like the theme you know uh where he says and i don't believe this one minute where he goes you know what i wish i wish i had a dad like you well rufio Mm -hmm. you know anything that you knew of him as a dad up to this point he was not a great father (laughs) you know i mean i so but the context alone i get it hits me i'm a dad you know Mm -hmm. but i don't believe it (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i I don't believe that one one minute because he hasn't
2: just like oh please he doesn't put in half the effort i do
1: just a little bit I, I was being like a you know old old grumpy man i'm just like i i don't believe that at all because we didn't get that <laughs> and that's kind of like what i mentioned earlier you know where i was like well, we we need to see more tension between rufio and and peter like we um peter said it too like you're suffering from peter peter pan envy or something like that like we didn't really get a whole lot of that like it was there but it was not well done mm-hmm. you know and um where has he uh, where has Peter Banning shown that he was a good father that Rufio might like you know what I wish I did have a dad like you and when I was a kid I was confused because I was pretty sure that's what he said but it sounds like I wish I was dead like you
3: uh-huh.
1: you know this is before like subtitles and everything uh-huh. so for for as a kid I, I kind of thought that's maybe what he said I wasn't exactly sure <laughs> So, I mean, thank God for subtitles now, yeah, uh, yeah um so okay, so, so we both didn't really care for that, right,
3: yeah,
1: I mean it but, but, I tried to check my brain on at the door for watching this movie, and so when that scene came, and he says, "I wish I had a dad like you," that did hit me just because of the idea of it,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, but and that makes me wonder, like does that mean that Pierre became a good dad or like, you know, and if he is becoming a good dad, why isn't it to his own kids? Like, like, I, like, you got to hope that it means that he's going to go back when he gets his kids back and like actually be a good father, you know, actually put in the time and put in the support for his children. Um, But yeah, I, I really wasn't sure like what to what to take from that. Like, it would have been powerful if he actually were a good dad. But yeah, he, as far as dads go, seemed better.
1: You you kind of just um, gave me an idea here. Like, I would have liked the thought. Okay, so why did Peter uh, leave Neverland? Because he wanted to be a dad, right? Jack is his happy thought. That's what made him fly again, to mm-hmm. to remember that uh, when Jack was born. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have liked a flashback with Rufio, where Rufio was his right-hand man, right? Yeah, Peter yeah. Pan is, is the lead. And they have that talk, like, look, I'm going to go back. I'm going to live with Wendy. You need to take over for me. Um, I want to be a dad, which is kind of a weird thing to have in a movie anyway. Yeah, like, this yeah. 13-year-old boy is like, I'm going to go live with uh, Wendy and become a dad one day. But, <laughs> now, I that
2: not think about it. That would be, like, very comical, seeing, like, two, like, children, basically. Right. Like, I'm going to be a dad. Like,
1: <laughs> But that would make more sense, but, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. where, where Rufio's like the last time I saw you, you wanted to go become a dad. Like, you wanted to be something. Like, that would have made a little bit more sense, which still would mm-hmm. have been, like, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. stupid, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I <laughs> Like you said, it would have been two kids still having to talk about, like, I want to be a dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Peter versus Captain Hook. They they have their fight. And this, this part, I didn't like. Um, Peter tells Hook, you killed Rufio, you kidnapped my kids, you deserve to die. And it almost looked like he was going to stab Hook, you know, in the sword, and he gets stopped by Jack. But like again, it's one of those things. Like, what kind of movie are you trying to be? Because Peter here is vengeful. Like, mm-hmm. you you were a lawyer for a good chunk of your life, and mm-hmm. here you are about to kill a man, like over yeah over you're not...
3: <sighs> yeah, over <sorry>. a, over, <laughs> a,
1: over a boy that uh, you forgot about, and you you had like kind of a you know beef with or whatever and i i get the whole like you took my kids but that's not this kind of movie so mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's like the writing and the directing were not really on the same page
2: mm-hmm. they they were like, like like we've been talking about you know they were jumping between like is it going to be some dark themes or is it going to be some lighthearted stuff is it going to be a feel-good movie um and yeah i just the fact that he got so upset about rupio and like you know but yeah like it, like you said it doesn't really add up and you would think he should be like like more vengeful for his kids and also the fact that jack is fighting alongside hook doesn't All make right. sense to me like it, this okay like when your parents do something to make you mad like you know you said that you grounded your son for four months one time earlier and like, I'm sure that your son was very upset with you guys, but in the end, like, I'm, I know that, you know, he appreciates, you know, having parents who care about him. And, um, you know, he still, like, loves his parents, you know, so that's with most kids, like, whenever they get mad at their father or their mother, like, it doesn't last very long. It's like, this is the person who gave birth to you. This person is always going to be there for you. They're like, you know, when, when everybody else deserts you, you still have your family and kids usually, like, you know, they, they get that somehow, like, even if they don't fully comprehend the importance of their family, like they do like, you know, feel a sense of loyalty towards their parents. And you expect us to believe that in the span of like one or two days, this kid decides like, <laughs> not only am I forsaking my dad, I also need to help kill him. Like you, you expect us to believe that. <laughs> yeah, he,
1: he he joined the dark side very, very quickly. He was seduced by <laughs> they the dark even side. didn't give
2: him cookies, did they? No, <laughs> but that's yeah. my little spiel about that. Um, I like it. What I are like your it. thoughts? That's,
1: no, that's that's very very good. So here's here's a, a question for you in this scene here: the, the crocodile. How? Uh, why is it so big? Because uh, earlier Hook mentions that he stuffed the crocodile, turned it into a cro- uh, a clock. It 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 appears to be like some kind of statue, like a wooden. I mean, I don't know. Mm. There's a point where he like runs his hook into the the crocodile, and then it, it breaks as if it was like you know wooden or or made of ceramic or something. Mm-hmm. But then, and then I, I don't know. I guess it comes alive How? and kind of <laughs> eats him. Like, like I don't know. That could have been done without, too, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly. I I do like the symbolism of him being eaten by the crocodile, but I don't think they should have had it be a stuffed crocodile that came back to life. Like, this yeah. crocodile is supposed to be the bomb. He's supposed to be un- indestructible. You know, he, he ticks and everything. And, you know, like, it's just it's inconceivable to me that he could stuff him. Yeah, that, that's just out of the realm of belief for me. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's it's just a really big crocodile, and it just didn't <laughs> appear like it could have been real, you know. So it, that's just one of my many issues with this movie. Um,
2: Going off of that, like I thought that in a lot of spots the CGI was just terrible. Like I, I oh, learned, like with
1: like with Tinker and stuff.
2: Yeah, like like it looked like like, a really bad Photoshop job in some places, like, where you could see, like, little, like, the tiniest of, like, white lines Mm. around, like, certain characters, and you could just, like, tell, like, you know, like, that's not real, like, and it takes you out of it, really, like, I just learned how to use Photoshop in a class um, for school, and, um, (laughs) like, it looks like one of my first um, Photoshop projects where you know like it, like it's very clearly done with photoshop
1: <laughs> um maybe it was really good for 91 yeah i want to say you know say that's that. true you do have because, to like remember. yeah this is still before you know uh, jurassic park which was there cgi i think that was just more like animatronics in mm. but um I want to chalk it up to it being 91 because this did get nominated for like uh, five Academy Awards. And I think they were mostly technical, including like costume and stuff like that.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. The costumes I loved.
1: Yeah. Costumes were pretty awesome. So Peter is going to leave again. He tells uh, the Lost Boys that he will never forget them, which I'm like, well, you did before. (laughs) (laughs) uh, for For whatever reason, now you may remember them. Which, funny enough, Jack and Maggie... I guess maybe growing up, they were told, you know, Peter Banning is Peter Pan because there's that going on. Uh, Wendy obviously remembers Toodles. Everybody has this like this uh, this this knowledge or whatever that, that he's Peter Pan. And he's the only one that, like you said earlier, that he just kind of suppressed everything and and like doesn't remember anything prior to like 12 or 13 years of age. I just think that's really weird. But yeah, he leaves Thud in charge, which at this point I want to ask you. Who is your favorite lost boy?
2: I don't know they all kind of blended together to me yeah for me, to be honest <laughs> well
1: with uh with thud and I only learned that from the from the um the the credits here, but he you know he was kind of like kind of like the comedic relief as far as the lost boys goes he was mm-hmm. the the most funny one he's you know the, the the heavy black kid and um i there's that one scene is this was really awful, but they they had him like cannonball down. Like a ramp or something. And Uh. that looked extremely fake. Um, But yeah, he is left with the sword. And I like this though. But uh, apparently shooting that scene, none of those boys knew who was going to get the sword. So their their reactions were all uh, organic. Ooh, you know, so Robin Williams is like, no, who do I give it to? And so they're all like, oh, could it be me? So you know, the look on their face is is real, and mm-hmm. so that's that's always kind of nice when you know directors do things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so that that made the scene kind of cool. Yeah, he leaves that in charge, and then the ending. I don't know if it was rushed, but I wasn't a big fan of the ending where Peter wakes up in front of the the statue and mm-hmm. sees a guy who looks exactly like me
2: for no reason at
1: all um we see that he does lose his fear of heights because he climbs up to the second story where i guess jack and maggie flew in and instead of going to greet their mom immediately they just climb back in bed to pretend it was a dream
2: yeah i I mean maybe (laughs) he was trying to get at that they thought it was a dream or something um
1: but But peter comes from outside so it couldn't have been a dream because why was he outside apparently out looking for the kids you see so like so if if peter wasn't out looking for the kids that means you know that they 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 were in bed so that was just Mm kind of wonky for me i don't know whatever and and then (laughs) wendy's like okay well you came back from neverland cool toodle's like ah i missed out on the Avenger, didn't i and and then his marbles Gives oh, him yeah. his happy thoughts and makes him fly away.
3: <laughs> yeah, that.
1: Which, which, this is another Robin Williams reference, but um, Tootles says, uh, Seize the day, which is a line from yes. Poetic uh, Society, uh, Dead Poet yes, Society. Yes, I love yeah. Dead Poet Society. <laughs> so, what do you think about Tootles being able to fly at the end? I feel like he'd have a heart attack.
2: Yeah, I know, right? Like he literally <laughs> looks like he he should be like sitting down, only sitting down. Like I like he's one of those people like if he stands up I get worried. Like, yeah, you, right. do you want me to come over there and give you an arm. Um I I guess maybe it meant that he was going to Neverland to like be young again or something. Uh, I'm yeah, I wasn't really like sure what to make of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, so so the marbles made him fly immediately. Well, I, I guess the happy thought of Jack made Peter Pan levitate, you know. So I, I guess that kind of goes in. I was going to say, well, how did Tootles learn how to fly so fast, you know? But I guess for whatever reason, Tootles, you know, didn't forget, you know, uh-huh. at all. So Maybe. and I know that they yeah. spent a lot of their grown-up, life apart you know because uh-huh. Peter did you know grow up in the states for whatever reason he left he, he left Wendy <laughs> who took him in <laughs> as an orphan yeah so. yeah
2: and it's funny because didn't Wendy and um, um, I, I thought that in the original Peter Pan from what I remember I thought um, Peter Pan and Wendy kind of had a thing going
1: yeah, they they did cuz that's where like the whole uh the thimble came into play, you know, the kiss, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I I I feel like in this movie it's because, you know, like, every time he kept on coming back from going away, she kept on aging. And so um, you know, so that it would be uh, obviously just inappropriate as far as like the age thing goes, <laughs> but it's also weird because since they kind of quote unquote had a thing, he hooks up with her granddaughter.
2: Yeah, that. And she's just okay with that, like it's
1: cool. It's... Well but also like in that flashback, he sees her just laying in bed. Like like ha- I don't think they've met yet. And he's like, I'm gonna give her a kiss. <laughs> like, what?
2: That's yeah. So now that I think about that, that's a little bit rapey.
1: It, that that's very rapey. Like, <laughs> but 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 we don't see him do it. Uh yeah. is, wait, did he? I I forget I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Gosh, but you know what? I remember liking this movie so much, but I like I, I feel too. after reviewing it like what is wrong with this? Yeah. I mean, like it's it's not a bad movie. It's just you know it's just really long. Sprinkled yeah, in with a bunch of stuff that's not speaking,
3: needed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now on this show, we do a, a rating out of five. Um, do you want to go first as a guest, or you, you can totally let me go first if you want.
2: Um, I I can go first. Well, honestly, I think it's kind of like like we said, it's very long, and that kind of makes it a struggle, and it's very unsure of what kind of movie it wants to be so that kind of ruins it for me but at the same time like the imagination there it's it's very admirable and it's very um it is kind of like a feel-good type of movie so I I have to give it like a two and a half out of five for that um like you know kids love it it's definitely a kid movie it's not one of those movies for both kids and adults so that's that's going against it but you know otherwise like if you think of it just from like a child audi- or a child's perspective then you know it'll be a good movie for them but you know that's really the only age group that it's going to appeal to
1: yeah that's it's well, well said very well said um i'm going to give it a 3 and i going into this movie i was like it'll probably be about a 4 i remember <laughs> just just loving this movie yeah yeah uh, um I'm also kind of grading on a curve because I've had a couple two-and-a-half movies, and this is not by far better, but a better movie nonetheless. Um, we've talked about the pacing. It's just really, really long. Two-twenty. You know, that's that's a long movie. I You can't even throw this into the background, you know, and, and do things because it's like, I don't know. It, it I don't think this works as a background movie. It works as, a, you know, watching this... And feeling the nostalgia. You know, Robin Williams does really well. Uh, You know, he's a little bit more tame because he has to play the Peter Banning part. But once Mm -hmm. he's Peter Pan, it's like, it's totally Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot of the supporting cast. Dustin Hoffman is great as Hook. (laughs) I think because it's a Peter Pan story, that's why I do give it a three. Um, And if one of the things i read that uh, Ke- uh kevin klein was also uh, somebody who was kind of in the running to play the part of peter banning mm. which i thought would have been really great uh he was in the movie like in and out where he played like a a teacher who like a former student outs that he's gay which he's like wait but i'm not you know and that's a comedy about that and he was in the movie dave where he's like the um plays like a uh, i don't know if it was like a like a president impersonator or or he looks like the president, then mm. like pretends to be the president. But um, he's also done a, like a lot of like sh- uh, like Shakespeare movies too. So he's a a, a thespian. This uh, this Kevin <laughs> Klein, I think he would have been great in this. But not that it would happen. But if this were to be remade, some of these characters, can you think of anybody that you would like to see maybe in some of these roles instead? Like mm. Joseph Gordon Levitt, I could totally see him as like a like a, a young Peter. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if he'd play like Peter Banning though.
2: I don't, no, you you yeah, don't want him in that role. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> this this kind of movie feels like something that Joseph Gordon-Levitt like wouldn't be really into doing. Um, hmm. mm, I could kind of see maybe it make it better if Jim Carrey like like he's he's bad at being serious, but if he were better at it, like if he were as good at being serious as he is at being like silly, I could see him being um. uh, peter pan and like or peter banning and then you know being that serious side kind of like he is in the beginning of bruce almighty and Mm -hmm. then you know also just like you know being the silly goofball like when he recovers his child or recovers his identity as peter pan and then also ben stiller i could see ben stiller I i don't know do you what do you think about that
1: um i'm not a huge fan of ben stiller Really? Yeah. Okay. But uh, I could see him playing the Peter Banning part, but I don't think he can pull off the Peter Pan part.
2: Really? Did you like him in Zoolander at all? No. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Zoolander's i only, okay. like,
2: slightly hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, n- no. Because, like, uh, you know, well, because I-, I guess more so, I think more of, like, the Meet the Parents trilogy and also like uh, the night at the museum that's kind of what I associate him with now mm-hmm. um I because I, I, I think Zoolander's a, like really different from from Peter Pan I think mm, I, oh yeah I, yes. I need to think of him like in a more fun role I don't know I have to really think about that but you know I can see uh James Franco being like hook or <laughs> something you know um <laughs> Uh, Seth Rogen beats me, you know.
2: Oh my gosh! You know,
1: go that route and make it funny. Like they, they can probably make it like serious and funny. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, like
2: I, just because it's them, like I can't imagine them not like putting in some terribly dirty jokes and stuff. Yeah. I feel like when they get together, they're untamed.
1: <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But you know, maybe maybe we need an adult look at it. You know, and, and just, <laughs> just just go that way. I don't know. That, that I think that'd be a little bit more entertaining. So mm-hmm. um, it's
2: funny. Um, the movie The Night Before, like one of the themes that they, um, that that like that movie encompasses is like you know having to grow up, sort mm-hmm. of. So I th- that that's funny that you bring up Seth Rogen and James Franco for the role.
1: But you, well, I I feel like maybe that's because you also mentioned it, like you know, at the beginning. So maybe that's that just true. kind of stuck with me. <laughs> um but i don't know i I just feel like that group of guys they're starting to get better as far as their movies like in my opinion i know some people still like Mm -hmm. some of the earlier stuff um but you know i i I think they're doing really really good Mm -hmm.
2: um did you see this is the end
1: yeah yep i uh i like the first half of the movie (laughs)
2: The second half was a little bit too blasphemous for you.
1: It was just, it was just weird. It just turned into a different movie, you know. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I liked all the meta stuff, you know, and and all, all the the inside the house stuff. But once they get outside, dealing with the demon and all that, I'm just kind of like, you know. But that's okay, me. That's
2: fair enough, fair enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I just feel like it's two different movies. Um, but yeah, this was extremely fun. I didn't know how. Like it, it would have gone like uh, again going into watching the movie last night. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's probably be about four. And it just kept <laughs> on like, just kept on ruining it for me. Like, man, the pacing, yeah. some of the scenes. And I'm just like, Ugh, let's get this movie over with. But um, yeah, Alicia, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming onto this show. And again, um, please tell the listeners, you know, where they can, you know, find you on on, on Twitter and and your website.
2: Okay. Well, uh, first, I want to say, like, it's been such a pleasure being here. I've had a great time and I want to thank you actually for having me. Um, cause I, I do love talking about movies. So anybody who gives me that opportunity is wonderful in my book. Well, and there you know, you go. you're, you have a very fun personality and I really like the basis of your show. So yeah, it's been super great. And, um, if anybody's interested in checking out my writing, um, I'm on Twitter at Real Red Reviews, and that's spelled R E E L, <laughs> and then Red Reviews. Um, I have for my site, it's realredreviews.wordpress.com, spelled the same way with the two E's instead of R E A L. Um, I also write for Screen Relish, which is a really awesome site. It's screenrelish.com. Uh, it's got Like a wide array of trailers, reviews, feature articles. So yeah, if you're interested in checking any of that stuff out, that's that that'd be great and um yeah thank you again for having me here i've had great time
1: yeah the pleasure was all mine and i'll definitely uh include all of those into the show notes so it's easier uh for listeners to access so uh yeah hopefully you know i can hear you uh make some guest appearances on like other shows that uh i'm friends with and i would love to have you back you know for for future episodes too
2: let's definitely do that <laughs> okay
1: cool uh yeah so if anybody wants to uh check out any more of hydrate level four you can go to followingfilms.com and you can find other shows like pop culture case studies war machine versus warhorse true bromance film podcast on following film pod uh you can hit me up on twitter hlf podcast and i guess until the next episode i'm peter and this is hydrate level four On We Got Five, we list our top five favorites with a new topic every week.
2: Some of those topics include top five candy, favorite baby making music songs, and even dance crazes. And let's be honest, all mine are the best.
1: Yeah, let them decide. Anyway, you can check it out on Cortenparts.com. Hope to see you there.